0: What's up, everybody? This is Connor Allen, sports betting manager here at 4, for 4 with a special playoff prize picks episode. Joining me today is our fantasy football content manager, and in my biased opinion, one of the best writers in the space, Jen Eakins. Jen, we've done a couple of shows together, drafting a best ball team, done some survivor stuff, but it's rarely just us two. So I'm excited to do a show together. How have the playoffs been treating you now that the season's over?
1: Great, I have to say. From you know, I'm on the I'm on the redraft fantasy football side, so my life is pretty chill right now. Uh, I can't complain. The bulk of the bulk of my work is is done uh, for the season, so I get to kind of be just a better and a fan, uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, you know, nice twist. I get to go back to my roots.
0: Love that. It's uh, it's always nice to have a little bit more downtime, at least from a content standpoint. We're picking up the slack in some other areas across the company, I think, but. Uh, you know, looking at what we're at right now, I mean, from my workload standpoint, I've been just going more in depth on the games we have, so it hasn't really lightened up that much because we're still betting, you know, full flow here. And then next week, I'll have uh, my in depth Super Bowl breakdown, which I write uh, a couple thousand words on the game and just spend like a week researching, uh, before writing. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, so today, I mean, if you guys are new to prize picks, if you don't understand what it is, it's basically a pick a map, uh, where you make multiple selections of players to make one play so for example last week John Paulson and I put Jaden Reed over three and a half receptions Aaron Jones over 87 and a half combined rushing receiving yards along with Rashad White over receiving yards that cashed uh for I believe it was uh five and a half maybe six x um or whatever your entry fee was so pretty strong move there I think and then you can choose about any other categories. You can choose fantasy points, which I think General will reference a couple of times for the episode. Platform is super easy, super user-friendly. If you don't have an account yet, go to prizepix.com accurate, and you'll get a deposit match up to $100. Anyways, so I think the best way to go about this is probably talk about a couple of different players, bounce a couple of thoughts off each other, and you know go from there. So I'll, Jen, I'll let you get started with one of your first leans here for PrizePix, please.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, my first guy I want to talk about is Lamar. I've got a couple kind of couple angles for Lamar, uh, but I, I believe his uh, his passing yards right now is at 215, uh, which is low. But I'm still going with less than. Uh, I feel that so Kansas City has actually they held Tua Tungavailoa and Josh Allen to under 200 passing yards uh, in the last two weeks. And if we go back even further, we take week 18 out because that was not their first-team defense. But back in week 16 – I'm sorry, back in week uh, 17, they held Jake Browning to 197 yards. And back in week 16, they held one uh, Aiden O'Connell to 62 passing yards. So I feel like Lamar, um, even though 215 has gotten lower, it's moved down, I still feel like he's going to go under that. Um, But if we go even further, uh, his his number for combined passing and rushing yards is 282.5. Uh, I do think that's still on the high side. So I would probably go below uh, that as well.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting look. And this game is really unique for me because I think that the Ravens will have a lot of success running the ball. And I think that's part of the reason why we see these quarterbacks going under. We saw with Buffalo where they ran it, I think it was 36 times, ran it for like 180, 190 yards because Kansas City's defense is like a run funnel. So they're not very good against the run. They've been amazing against the pass, like top three in basically every metric. And so you have these teams like, you know, Baltimore, like, uh, Buffalo we saw last week who are capable of running the ball. Well, just say, all right, well, we'll run the ball consistently and then move the ball through the air when, when we have to, maybe some chain moving first downs, but that's about it. I mean, it could have very easily worked for Buffalo. A couple of things didn't go their way. Um, but you know, I kind of expect Baltimore to do the same thing here. I was looking at maybe some Gus Edwards props, looking at some justice Hill props, but now we have Dalvin cook entering in there. He played really well at the end of last week. I think that situation is a little bit messy. All of their All their props are in like the 30 to 40 yard range. One or two of them is probably going to have 70, 80 yards. I just don't know which one it is. I mean, I know this wasn't on our show sheet, but like, do you have any Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Dalvin Cook takes?
1: I think it's tough. I think it's kind of a stay away for me there. Of the three, I probably like Hill the most, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I think that they're like we said, it's really tough to figure out. And then they, of course, like you said, you throw in Dalvin cook in the mix who has very fresh legs. I mean, he's basically didn't play much for the jets as it was. Then he took a couple of weeks off and he came in last week and, you know, showed up at the end of the game. So I think it depends on the grain script and how it's going. If they end up kind of using him. Um, I will say this back to Lamar. One more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, Kansas city is actually uh pretty, or at least has been soft ish uh, against runs from the quarterback position. Um, they're tied for third in the league in quarterback rush attempts, and they're uh, they're ninth in in rushing yards from the quarterback. So if you want, you know, if if you're nervous about doing unders, I know a lot of people don't like unders or less thins. Uh, I think if you want to go with the Lamar rushing attempts, I think you told me it's what 15, 10? I can't remember now you yeah, told yeah. Me-
0: 10, ten rushing attempts, really like low 16 something like yards. that or the yeah. yardage,
1: either one. I think if you want, you know, if you like Lamar and you're too nervous to, to, to go with, with a less than or an under, I do like the the rushing side of his game against this this Kansas City. That's, like you said, one spot where they are vulnerable, and especially it's the quarterback.
0: For sure. Uh, I dug up this stat that I thought was interesting. So the Baltimore Ravens have the second most runs out of shotgun this season at 343 carries. They're averaging 5.56 yards per carry. Now that includes Lamar Jackson's carries, which makes up 128 of those 343. The Kansas City Chiefs are allowing 5.13 yards per carry out of the shotgun and are at the lowest stuff rate in the league against runs out of the shotgun. So basically they're not a, they're not getting people in the backfield. They're not getting people at the line of scrimmage. So they're gonna have to tackle them in like, you know, basically the first level in between the tackles and the linebacker. And frankly, I would not want to be trying to tackle Lamar Jackson uh, in that range just because he gets a little bit dangerous. It's kind of like he's kind of a player where you either got to stop him before he gets going. It's not quite. Derrick Henry esque, where like, you know, he's like a, a locomotive, but he just becomes so much more elusive, you know, in the open field in that second level that uh, I wouldn't want to tackle him there. So, totally agree on the Lamar section here. My first play, uh, it's kind of saying the same game here, but I like Zay Flowers under four and a half receptions. Um, this is an interesting one because his splits with and without Mark Andrews are, you know, really tough here. It's we're looking at a spot where his target share lowered by around 6%. But the key here for me in this game was that. The Kansas City Chiefs play the league's highest rate of two high safeties or middle of the field open. So, you know, cover two, cover zero, basically. And against those coverages, Zay Flowers with Mark Andrews had a 16% target share, which is significantly lower than his average shot the season. Um, and so we have more target competition coming in with Mark Andrews, and he doesn't really match up well against this defense. And the more that I kind of analyze this game, like we play devil's advocate to what we saw, or what we've been talking about is like the Chiefs know that the Ravens are going to want to run the ball they're probably going to press the press the hell out of the uh you know corner out of the wide receivers and load the box and try and stop the run. That doesn't really spell that well for a reception prop anyways. Maybe he gets one long one, maybe he gets you know a couple median ones, but on a play to play basis, it's going to be very chaotic. So I I just really struggled to see how Flowers here with Mark Andrews very very likely returning getting to five receptions here. And if honestly if the Ravens are able to run the ball, they're just not going to pass. So again, that kind of helps, you know, the other way inverse as well. So that's kind of where I'm at with Zay. Any, any thoughts on Zay or the other receiver, from Baltimore?
1: I like it. Uh, You know, there's always the the Odell Beckham, right? You can't really, we can't dismiss him in the playoffs. Last week uh, he did not show up as we thought. I was on him for, you know, anytime, anytime touchdown. I was excited about Odell Bell just because we, you know, we've seen him a plenty, you know, playoff Odell is definitely different than regular Odell. So I don't know what, uh, because I can't see it on my end in Colorado. I don't know what his his prop necessarily it's like is. Like low
0: 20s. Low, like low 20. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's tough. He played like 30% of the snaps or something last week.
1: Yeah, that's a little high for him, but um, I think it's interesting. I mean, he's an interesting play. Uh, maybe if it falls a little bit, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I know I kind of agree because he's gonna see like two, three targets probably if the Ravens have passed, but and he is has shown to be explosive, explosive. It was just such a mind-bending usage that i was really surprised to see yeah. like everyone was talking about the narrative like oh they're saving him for the playoffs he's gonna play more than he played like the least amount that we've seen him play in weeks
1: he may not be as healthy as we think he is that's also an issue we're not really sure where where that lies
0: yeah i mean he's gone through a lot of stuff so mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see it could be very easily one of those things where he's feeling better this week and the ravens decide to get him going and he plays 80 percent of the snaps and uh <laughs> you know plays way more than bateman it would not surprise me we see it all the time with I mean, the Chiefs just rotate the receivers at random as well. We'll get into that later. Um, let's move on to your second play slash lean of the week.
1: Uh, I like George Kittle this week. I know a lot of people are on Brandon Ayuk uh, with Debo Samuel potentially not playing. And I think Kittle might be someone that people are overlooking a little bit. Thanks to our friend John Daigle uh, had a tweet that I I kind of caught my eye. Uh, he, did, he did the numbers for us, so I didn't have to, but – so George Kittle's career splits with Purdy and without Debo. So six full games. he has a, Kittle has a 24.6% target share, 90.6 yards per game, 25.7 targets per route run, you know, 20 fantasy points a start. So uh, his splits look really good uh, with Kittle without Debo. So I think a lot of people are going to be on IUK, which they should be. I mean, I understand that. But I think Kittle, I think his receptions right now on price picks are 4.5. I feel like he's going to get there. Uh, and his yardage right now is at 60. So, uh, if he, you know, like we said, he averaged 90 yards a game without Debo, so uh, that's a pretty big discrepancy there. So for me, I like more, more, more than 60 uh, reception or more than 60 receiving yards and more than four and a half receptions for Kittle.
0: Yeah, I think both of those are solid. And if we look at this from a macro standpoint of this game, we've seen the 49ers in games past kind of skew pass heavy, run heavy, depending on their opponents. And we're looking at this Lions team being a massive pass funnel. Against the mm-hmm. run, they're one of the best teams in the league. Against the pass, they're horrible. I mean, since their week nine bye, they're allowing literally 303 passing yards per game. And we're talking about guys like Mullins throwing for 350, 400 against against this Lions defense. We saw it. Baker Mayfield not necessarily have success, but had a lot of volume and I mean, still threw for 325 passing yards. Uh, I mean, I just don't think the secondary is very good. Now you're matching that up against the Niners here. Who are able to pass the ball very well, so it's one of those things where I think that we see the Niners probably skew a little bit pass heavier here. And Kittle is going to be very involved. Ayuk's going to be very involved. Now Ayuk's props are high. I mean, we're talking about 80 receiving yards, might be the highest of his career. Honestly, I haven't seen a prop that high for him ever. But the matchup is just so so good. We saw Mike Evans have like what was it, 120, 150? He had 147. Yards. Yeah, it
1: was last I mean, week.
0: Stupid high. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so can I you get there? Sure, but I'm not just going to take that over because it's already high enough. If they decide not to go pass heavy, uh, I mean, you might be a little sunk, but I think that the Kittle props are low enough that you could still get there, even if they decide not to skew pass heavy there. And we talked about it before the show a little bit, but Brock Purdy's props were something that you were originally eyeing. But then when we see the numbers here, we're looking at like 272 and a half passing yards. That feels a little high, right?
1: Yeah, I like two fifty ish. Seems seems where I would probably go with the more. But once we get to, I think it might be a little high, uh, especially. I mean, like we said, Detroit, their secondary is absolutely vulnerable. So I think they are going to throw a lot. But if for some reason they get up early, then he may not, and then we're we're looking at uh, chasing points that may not happen or pacing yards that may not happen.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite ways to do, uh, to bet on, I guess, to play things like that is to look at, you know, other sites and use alts. Uh, and so, like, you can take 300 plus at plus money or 325. And they have kind of a similar thing here with fix. They, uh, you know, started their, like, Demons and Goblins, which is, like, basically yeah. alternate overs, alternate unders. So if you can, I think you can get golf or not Goff, Purdy at 299 as, like, his... Uh, I think on demon, I don't know which one is which, but um, (laughs) I think that the over at 299 and a half is probably more interesting to me than just the straight up 273. Because if he's passing, like he'll easily hit 300 plus. It's just a matter of like if the game's close, like you said, if they're able to, you know, consistently do it. So, yeah, I think that's how I would play it there specifically for the Niners.
1: It's mid-January, folks, and I don't know how your New Year's resolutions are holding up. Mine are eh, but that's where Factor Meals comes in. Skip the grocery stores, meal prep, cleanup. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your doorstep. This week, I have my eye on the queso fundido with cilantro cauliflower rice. I can still satisfy my cheesy Mexican cravings with gooey queso, savory ground beef, and tender cilantro cauliflower rice. It's all still healthy and nutrition-packed. Another great thing about Factor is it's flexible, which is great for busy families. Change up your order each week with plans from 4 to 18 meals, and you can even pause and reschedule. To get started, head to factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50. Use code MOSTACCURATE50 to get 50% off. That's code MOSTACCURATE50 at factormeals.com slash MOSTACCURATE50 to get 50% off today. Make Little Caesars, the official
2: pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. And now you can score even more pizza with your pizza. It's easy. Just order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and become eligible for instant win prizes. And best of all, you pick the toppings you crave. I attended a live Scott Fish Bowl draft over the summer and was convinced by a friend to try Little Caesars Pretzel Stuffed Crust Pizza with cheese sauce. And no hyperbole, it changed my life forever. Either way, everyone wins with Little Caesars Convenient Delivery or in-store pizza portal pickup. You can even pay for your pizza on the Little Caesars app and have your friends grab it on their way over to watch the game. That's how you enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before
1: kickoff.
0: My next one here is on the other side of the ball here and probably one of my favorite looks of the week. It's... Jared Goff's passing under of 262 and a half passing yards here. And there's a couple of different reasons here. Kind of like what I mentioned with the 49ers, I think the Lions go extremely run heavy here. This 49ers run defense didn't look all that good against the Packers. Aaron Jones had a pretty good day. And they're just 27th success rate, 28th in EPA per play. And their pass events is top 10 in both metrics. And then when the Lions do pass, the 49ers match up really, really well. They blitz at one of the lowest rates of the league, but they still get pressure, one of the highest rates over 40% since they acquired Chase Young. Um, and Goff's been below average against pressure basically his whole career, and then especially this year, um, like negative 11% completion rate over expected, which is the fifth worst out of 40 qualifying quarterbacks. Um, and then if we look at Goff's strengths, throwing over the middle of the field. Ben Johnson has done a really good job getting him that 10 to 19 average of the target range. Niners number one defending over the middle of the field and our top three in completion rate allowed in yards per attempt against throws 10 to 19 uh, average of the target so i think we're gonna see low volume and then when even if they do fall behind and they say they have to throw a lot i just don't really see it being a super successful outing for golf even if they do have to throw a lot so 262 and a half especially because we're probably going to get i would say half of probably very very strong running here worst case um you know i i think that the under here is a pretty good look any any thoughts on detroit uh i guess their passing game there
1: Kind of. So it, it's kind of, I guess, in conjunction with what you're saying, but partially maybe not. Um, I like Jamar, Jamar Gibbs. I like uh, his more than 75-and-a-half r- rushing and receiving yards. Um, like you said, if they do go run heavy, that's great. Um, if they don't and they fall behind and they have to do a little bit of passing, I feel like Gibbs is going to get some volume there. Uh, the 49ers um, have actually had allowed the six most, most targets to running backs, and the fifth most receptions to running backs and the eighth most receiving yards to running backs. So I feel like um that's maybe a, a spot that they're more vulnerable. Uh, Aaron Jones had six targets last week. Uh, week 17 Antonio Gibson and Brian uh Brian Robinson Jr. combined for six targets, they, they got 49 yards. So basically there's you know they have given up a lot of uh opportunity there to running backs uh in 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 the passing game. So I feel like it's still not completely going against your, your golf uh, under there, but I do think that uh, Gibbs between the, the run game and then whatever he gets in the, in the receiving, I think 75 and a half, I think he's going to go more than that.
0: No, yeah, not at all. It's, one of the, it's really interesting because this is a spot, and this is something that I've kind of debated in my head here, where teams that blitz a lot um, or don't blitz a lot, like you have a choice with, with your running backs and your tight ends, either keep them in and block. Or to like run like a little swing route or something quick to offer the quarterback an option here. And so we've seen, you know, potentially, you know, time to time, like some teams will keep their running back in and so and some teams will not do that. But the 49ers don't get pressure by blitzing. They get pressure just because their front four is awesome. So like it kind of allows their running back to just, you know, always run a route. And so they don't need necessarily need to stay in. Worst case, maybe they're chipping the edge or something like that. So I do think that's a good look. I also think that. I don't know if they have this up, but Jameer Gibbs' longest rush, they'll usually post this. Um, I mean, this is always a great look. Jameer Gibbs is super explosive. Um, that's a fun one if you're able to find that as well um, because I think that's a good look. I think both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs can go over on their rushing yards here if the game stays within a, a regular, relatively neutral game script here, which I think it maybe could, You know, at least for a little bit here. So Jameer Gibbs looking at 47.5 rushing yards, um, and then David Montgomery looking at 44.5 rushing yards. Both their carries are a little, a little bit low. They're like nine and a half, ten and a half. Again, I just really don't see a way that the, the lions are able to consistently move the ball through the air. And I think that they should be able to move the ball on the ground, at least relatively well and make that an emphasis for them. So that's kind of my take. And I, I like the Gibbs call out.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this as far as how, so how are you feeling? I assume then you are not um, super high on Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, those guys.
0: Yeah, so what's interesting enough, I was looked I looked at who Goff's favorite targets were when he was pressured, which I, in my mind, thought would be Amon Ross St. Brown. And he actually is the th- the third targets per route run when Goff is under pressure. So Laporta leads the way and is the most targeted. Then it was actually Jameson Williams at 0.17 targets per route run. Then Amon Ross St. Brown at 0.15 targets per route run. So that's a big concern for me. I mean, when the Niners are getting 40% plus pressure, you're talking about a guy – you know, only get like, you know, third in target share basically, uh, amongst those routes. It's, it's not really a strong rate in my mind. Uh, and then not to mention too, you have kind of Josh Reynolds coming into the picture a little bit more. Um, Khalif Raymond could be back. Uh, and then Jameer Gibbs, I think they're using more and more in the receiving game. So uh, it's not like a, for sure under for me on Amon Ross St. Brown, because I think he's a really good player, but it's definitely a lean. And I would consider the Josh Reynolds under too, honestly. I had kind of had him in my notes for later in the show, but, um, I mean, any any takes from you on those receivers? Because I feel like it's it might be tough sledding.
1: The receivers I think are tough sledding. I kind of like Laporta. Um, I was just looking. Um, we talked about you know fantasy points. Um, is one of the things that I can do here uh, where I live, and they right now have Laporta at twelve, which is it's like I feel like that number. And and Price Picks is PPR, so um, I think that that's that's a possibility. I think you can certainly get there, uh, but that's a tough number. I feel like it's right kind of on the edge. Uh for being
0: the, the issue, and I talked to Paulson about this last week because he was talking about Zay Flowers over on his fantasy points pretty nonstop. You have to score, they have to score a touchdown basically. And so yeah. so because they're talking about 12 points, right? So you're talking about like five for 70 or 7 for 50 without a touchdown. I mean, it's kind of a lot, you know what I mean? Like like six for six, you know, it's like over both of his regular props they were talking about. Yeah. So personally, I would almost rather just play those but you can get bailed out with a touchdown. So I guess it's like, it goes both ways where like you can have four for 40 and touchdown and you would go over your prop. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: I I like Laporta a lot. um, But like, yeah, you said 12 is, is a tough number. Uh, He kind of, I mean, even if he gets the volume, like you said, without a touchdown, it's tough to really, uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you got to hope he gets in. If he doesn't, then you have to hope he, but you know, he busts out like a 15, 20 yarder and then peppers in with the rest.
0: Yeah, and I think we're looking at um, forty-seven and a half receiving yards for Laporta, and I think it'll be—I think it's five and a half receptions or four and a half. Um, it'll probably yeah. post a flat five, just based on what I'm seeing from from other shops. So I think that's an interesting way to approach it. Though Laporta is a good look. Um, did we go through all yours? or do you have a couple more? I think, right? We
1: no. The only other one I had was Purdy, and we kind of we kind of addressed him already. So um, that is all I have. <laughs> we're we're on cool. you.
0: Yeah, no worries. I got one more that I think you will probably hate and that is not even posted. It I, well, it's kind of posted. It's like uh, it's posted to the receiving yards, um, and then the receptions are not posted, but it will be posted closer. So if you guys are listening to this, just be patient. Miko Hardman under nine and a half receiving <laughs> yards a, or one and a half receptions. I mean, you need an iron stomach for unders like these, but we saw Michael Hardman. He has one catch in consecutive games, he had. I think it was one carry and one catch, two fumbles, including one that nearly cost them the game uh, because it fumbled out of the end zone. After that, he literally did, he played one snap. After he fumbled, he played one snap. Now you have maybe Sky Moore, maybe Kadarius Tony's coming back. Like, even if they don't come back, like, are they really going to feed him any design touches anymore? I don't know. I mean, I'm fully out. Like, I think I think he might play like five snaps, just running deep downfield and be doing cardio. Any takes on Mikko Hardman?
1: So it's funny that you said that that you think I would hate it because I honestly, as soon as we started, I was going to be like, can we just take every McCall Harbin under and be done with the show? <laughs> so I absolutely agree with you. It's hard for me emotionally, right? I, I'm, you know, I'm a UGA homer through and through. So I want McCall Harbin to do well. I've wanted him to do well. Every team he's been at. Uh, but I, the problem is with Kansas City is that they go back to these guys. Like you think they shouldn't, but they do. Like Kadarius Tony has had just as horrible games and then they go back to him so i feel like it's one of those things like we all think there is no way they can give him the ball and design plays for Nicole Harbin hartman and yet andy Reid's gonna be like yeah okay you know you think i'm not going to here you go and then all of a sudden he's got like six targets and you know 80 yards or whatever but uh realistically i, I don't I-, I just can't see it i i would take every every less than for him that's out there
0: Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the reason that I generally like receptions. I mean, he's going to probably, maybe he gets one of those like kind of reverse push passes, but he also gets carry sometimes instead. So I think that, you know, like maybe he ends up with one carry and like two targets, something like that. So it's one of those things that he's terrible. I mean, he could barely even crack the jets roster. Um, (laughs) and they're, I mean, their receivers are horrible outside of Garrett Wilson, basically. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where he stinks, but so does MBS. MBS is one of the worst receivers in the league. I mean that probably his best game of the season last week, but he stinks too. Kadarius Tony stinks. Sky Moore, I mean, he had high expectations and he's horrible. I mean, he was out there, wasn't able to draw targets. When he did, he was dropping stuff, running the wrong routes. I mean, honestly, the Chiefs might have some of the worst receivers collectively in the NFL outside of like the Patriots. Like it's it's pretty pathetic.
1: It is. And every year we hope that this is the year that something happened. I mean, obviously after Tyreek Hill left, it's just been – a clown car of, of bad receivers. I don't know if they, they I don't know. Maybe they need to, to shake up their, their department as far as scouting. And, you know, cause these guys, they're signing a lot of these guys in the off season. And it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. It never works. Um, all right. So I got a, a couple more to talk okay. about, but before we do that, uh, you know, if you guys are listening, you like our plays and reasoning, consider getting a betting subscription over at 44.com with code win W I N. You can get all of our official plays bets. The next two weeks with the discount, is just nine ninety nine. So, in my opinion, it's a no brainer. Even if you're just playing on Prize Picks, underdog, whatever. If you're actually, you know, playing at domestic sports books, nine ninety nine. Even if you're betting five bucks a pop, you'll almost certainly make your money back and plenty Absolutely. more. So, definitely worth it. Check out what we got going on over there, uh, forfour dot slash plans. But I do want to talk about this Prize Picks. I just noticed offering a free square this week. Christian McCaffrey over half a rushing yard for twenty five dollars max. So. That's a great way, you know, if you're just getting in the door, you're depositing, or even if you're not, I mean, it's open to anyone, um, you know, put that $25, bet the over, and then you get, uh, you know, I mean, you get plenty of other room to build a bigger slip there. Um, I don't know. I I try and take advantage of the no-brainers whenever I get a chance. Do you have that in Colorado, or is that not available? Because you don't I actually no see it
1: here, so I think well I think yeah, it's 0.5 rushing yards is ninety nine percent off, um, and it says yeah you know, for yeah it's got the time clock and everything. So I do believe I have that, which is very exciting because, like you said, free square I'll always take it.
0: Yeah, you have to. I mean, in this economy, you got to. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. All right. So let's hear a couple more. The rattled off. We already talked about Reynolds. I want to look into more and see kind of his usage. Um, just like overall, he's seen a lot, of, a couple of big games here, but I think 36 and a half, you know, yards seems a little bit high given the struggles that I expect the passing game to have here is like, I mean, the second, third, I mean, third or fourth option, depending on Jamison Williams, if he's feeling good that week. So I think that could be an interesting one. What about Kelsey? I, I'd love to have a conversation about Kelsey here because I mean, he absolutely roasted these like, you know, third string linebackers who are probably deserve to be salesmen. Like, I mean, they're not like, you know, he, he crushed them, but, like, is he really back? Like, is he really good at this point? Now if faces the Ravens who have awesome linebackers. Like, I'm a little bit worried.
1: Um, Let's see. So, he is at 64 and a half receiving yards, correct? I don't know why yep. I can see I can see that. I doubt I can actually yeah. play it, but I can see it. Um, Oof. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because he, he had a great game last week. So, are we are we excited? Are we back? I don't know. I don't, 64 and a half seems a little high to me uh against like you said uh against this baltimore i don't know i feel like i i might lean on the less than there uh but like we just talked about they have the worst receivers in the league so i feel like patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah. is going to go to the guy he knows is going to catch the ball uh particularly i don't know what the weather is like in baltimore i probably should have looked at that uh, i don't know what we're looking at for this weekend uh, i know the the other game clearly is in california so we're good to go but um, I don't know if it's going to be cold because we did see, you know, in that absolutely frigid uh, game in Kansas city, he had a couple drops because it was cold and he was allowed to, but I think that uh, he probably will be the go-to. So if you're looking at receptions, uh, I feel like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, they both kind of come alive together uh, at this time of year. So I don't know if we can count him out to be honest. So maybe I've just yeah. talked myself into the over.
0: <laughs> I th- I think that, The receptions over is decent because you know that like when times get tough, he's going to look for him. Mm -hmm. Um, The yardage, I think I would still lean under just because of the matchup. But I also, you know, we talked about before. I kind of think the Chiefs might go run heavy a a little bit here too. We saw them have pretty neutral run pass splits last week. We saw them run the ball plenty against Miami in the cold. Now they came out throwing, but they still ran the ball plenty of success. They've kind of run like this bigger personnel, putting a little more Noah Gray Um, and this Baltimore defense like top three against the pass. I mean, they're like 20th in success rate against the run. Like they're not that good against the run. I mean, they played the run really well last week, but the Houston Texans offensive line stinks. I mean, they're, right. they haven't been able to run the ball basically all year. So I think this is a much tougher challenge for them. So would it be surprising to see the Chiefs be like, all right, we're going to load up big personnel, maybe do some play action here and there with Kelsey, with Noah Gray. That wouldn't surprise me at all either. So it's one of those things where the more I break down this weekend, the more I think that this weekend is going to be horrifically boring for the most part and that these games are going to stink. So
1: I, hope I don't not. know. Maybe I'm
0: just a pessimist, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, listen, we, you know, we all watch a lot of games and uh, this, this playoffs has kind of been up and down. I mean, the wild card games were not fantastic. Uh, last week was fun, but so, you know, hopefully uh, you're wrong because uh, from an <laughs> entertainment standpoint, I mean, from a betting standpoint, whatever, right. We don't care if it's boring or not, but uh just from a pure entertainment NFL fan standpoint, I hope they're at least entertaining enough.
0: Yep. No, I, t- I totally agree. And then I guess the last two that I have my list here were Montgomery and Gibbs overs, which we already talked about here because, you know, again, I, I think that's another situation where I'm going to be taking alternate overs instead of their base prop, because mm-hmm. I mean, if the game stays close for three quarters, Dave Montgomery is going to have 75 rushing yards. Jameer Gibbs is going to have a hundred all purpose yards and both are going to crush. Uh, if it's, if the Niners go up 14-0 in the first quarter, they might have like 15 rushing yards each or 20 rushing yards each, and yeah. uh, it'll be a lot of Jameer Gibbs receiving yards. So that's the way I'm approaching it. Jen, I think you're kind of in the same boat here.
1: Yeah, I am.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, this is fun, you know, quick, pretty 30 yeah. minutes here. Um, you know, not too bad. I think we'll be doing this again, n- not next week, but the week after for the Super Bowl, right?
1: Um, I actually have the handy-dandy sheet pulled up here. So let me see. You and I are at this again on the yeah, February 7th, so uh, that would be the Super Bowl week.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I love uh, playing these kinds of things for the Super Bowl and talking about the Super Bowl because there's so many fun markets that opened up. My favorite mm-hmm. prop last year was Patrick Mahomes' higher completion rate than Jalen Hurts. Uh, and it's fun because, I mean, that's not something that's offered ever like any week, and you're getting props you're getting lines on every single player and basically every kind of prop like will each player certain player get a carry? you know if we see the Chiefs get, get you know get a win here and Hardman to get a carry will certainly be lined <laughs> for next week um which love for the Chiefs to get a win so that way we can bet more unders uh, on Meikle Hardman yeah but I, yeah
1: yeah I'm with you it's painful for me from my emotional standpoint of Nicole, but yeah we just I mean come on the writing's on the wall there for that guy
0: Yep, hundred percent. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Remember, if you don't have a prize fix account, go to prizefix.com/accurate and get a hundred dollars deposit bonus. For Jen, I'm Connor. And we'll see you guys in
1: two weeks.